Hello, it's Sue Styles, your host for the Successful Solopreneurs Podcast, and welcome to another episode. Today, I want to introduce you to my wonderful guest, Christina Rossell. She's a weekday radio host for 97.7 Soft Rock. She's a speaker. She does voice audio for books. She's had a syndicated night talk show blogger. You have um, run your own magazine. You've had your own PR firm. And Christina, you've been doing this since high school. So what else should we know about you before we get into our talk today? Welcome to the podcast. I hope you enjoy the honest advice and personal stories. I'm Sue Stiles, the CEO of the Successful Solopreneurs School of Business. And I'm here to share hope and possibility so that you can reach the unwavering results you desire. Find the best business resources, advice, and offers at suestyles.com. And now on with the show. Uh, I am ridiculously crafty, except for I can't sew and I can't bake. But, you know, <laughs> I can make that. Look at, look at my studio. <laughs> Your studio looks fantastic. This is it's, my $40 studio in a closet. <laughs> is this a craft for you then putting together all the foam for the audio acoustics? It is kind of, but you know, you've got to, uh, you got to spruce it up a little bit, but I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done like, if I get bored and I know I need to focus and refocus my attention, I have actually literally taken a mason jar and glued rocks to that jar. Oh my so gosh. A nice jar that you can put your utensils in in the kitchen, whatever you have. I'm a little Martha Stewart. I think you are a little bit resourceful. Um, and I want to get into your resourcefulness when it comes to business and work. And I know that you have helped a lot of entrepreneurial type of people um, with their businesses and in fact are one yourself. Maybe you can share a little bit. Um, you know, you've done a lot of things over time. How do you know when it's the right choice to say yes to this project or no, or when it's the right choice for you? Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I think it's trial and error, um, you know, to be a yes person, which is what I am. And I've learned to say no. And when I say no, um, it's actually beneficial for everybody. And because sometimes we have that guilt of saying no to something, but if you're not going to be able to put in 100% of who you are or what you're capable of, you're not doing them a favor and you're not doing yourself a favor because you can't be exactly who you need to be. So when, you know, you're feeling like you're banging your head in the ceiling and it's not going the way you want it to go, it's not going in the direction that you had hoped it would go, you need to figure out if you need to be persistent and you need to keep pushing and you need to keep moving forward. Just because somebody says no, doesn't mean you're not very good at what you're doing, right? You have a book, you send it to a publisher, they say no. Don't celebrate that no, celebrate the fact that you're willing to keep trying again. However, if you feel like you keep banging your head when you get up in the morning and what you're doing doesn't put a smile on your face, the heaviness of everything else is weighing on you. It's time to reevaluate, take a step back and try to figure out where you need to go. You know, you're, you're telling me this and I'm just reminded of, um, I was for lunch with a friend last month and she was having a real crisis of faith of work of, you know, we're going through some challenging times right now. And here, true story, 
um, we were having lunch and on her way, she decided she was gonna change the radio station. And your station has had some ads and maybe they were in her head. So she flipped it to 97.7. She got some gas, she got back in the car, started driving down and she'd been wondering like, am I supposed to do this? Am I meant to be uh, making a difference? You know, she kept banging her head against the wall. And she says, this woman's voice comes on the radio and tells her, hey, if you've been wondering about destiny and about having to make your way yourself, well, you know what you said, and I knew it was you. That was a message. It really, it brought tears to her eyes because she knew it was a message for her. Tell, uh, remind me, what exactly did you say that day? It was a quote that I found that said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. And I just want to take a step back to those signs and things that we're supposed to listen to. You're also talking to somebody whose grandmother was a teacup reader. She was a card reader. She was a bit of a psychic. So I actually don't take signs lightly. Um, I actually truly believe that if something is pulling you and it resonates with you, there's a reason why you needed to hear that message. And the number one reason why I got into radio, and I'll go back to when I was in high school and I heard a girl on the radio and she was telling a story. And I, I don't remember what the story was, but I remember feeling that I totally connected with that story, that I, 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 could, I could do that. I could help people connect with stories. So the reason I got into radio is to make people laugh and smile and forget about their problems. And if one person walks away with something that they needed to hear, then I've done my job, whether it's a song. Songs are extremely powerful. I know, um, here's a, I'll take you on a little story on, on believing in the messages that you hear wherever they come from. So I had stepped away from radio. This was in 2014. I decided that I was going to step out of radio. I was going to start my own you know, business. I went back to school, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But when I decided to get back into radio, somebody had offered me a job and I was driving and I said, okay, I just need a sign. Like if somebody can just tell me that I'm supposed to get back into radio, let me know what it is. The song OMD came on the radio and it's If You Leave, the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Yeah. The reason why that song is so important to me is um, I have a brother that I lost. My brother uh, passed away 13 years ago now. But when we were kids, he recorded over my Pretty in Pink soundtrack over that song. And so I've got a recording of him in the middle of OMD, If You Leave, talking. And he's like <laughs> recording something. So it was always my song about my brother, Jamie, right? So as I'm saying this out loud, give me a sign that I should be doing this. Boom, that song comes on the radio. It's not unusual to hear that song, but it was a song with a message for me. So if she heard that message, if opportunity is not knocking, build a door, that's exactly what she needed to hear. Now, trust me, I have built my fair share of doors and some of them are not the best quality doors. And that's what you're gonna do, but you're gonna build that door until it opens up. The same saying, when one door closes, another one opens. Might not be the right door to go through, but you're gonna find out sooner or later. You have to take the action. It's not gonna to come to you. And some people believe that. You know what, if it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. No, you can make it happen. Yeah, not always. Now, here you are in, in radio, reading scripts, doing voiceovers, but didn't you mention when we were talking before that you're um, dyslexic? And didn't somebody tell you that you wouldn't be good at doing this? 
I don't know. I always took those as challenges. When somebody said I couldn't do something, I was that feisty little girl. Actually, my dad will tell you I'm still that feisty girl. Uh, it's always that challenge of, no, you can't do that, right? Mm, watch me. I'm going to prove you wrong. However, the setback that I had uh, when I was younger, I was in grade six and I had failed grade six and they had put me in learning assistance. They told me that I had a grade three reading level and that I was dyslexic, not in the form where I see things backwards. There's different types of dyslexia. So my problem is, is sequencing. And so I had, it took me a really long time to actually comprehend what I was reading. So I never read books because it was too intimidating because I'd have to read the same sentence over and over. And in my head, I just couldn't get through a book. So a small book to me was, was huge. When I got into radio and I had to read scripts, what I learned was reading out loud makes a difference because it's not in my head. And it was just a way of me understanding it better because I wasn't reading it, I was saying it. And so I actually got better reading commercials and reading scripts. So as long as I had the scripts ahead of time, I could do a good job. Radio for me is ad-libbing. I was going to be an actress at some point in my life so I could act and ad lib so a lot of the stuff that you hear is actual am I allowed to swear shooting the shit <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. it is it's all about just talking and 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 having that one-on-one -on -one conversation so a lot of it is ad libbing and I'm not reading scripts but now that I get to read audiobooks I've even blown myself away I honestly I stepped out of my comfort zone I know that I have the ability to tell a good story. I have great tone range. I have good cadence. I have the ability to speak well. And I really wanted to share other people's stories and to tell people's stories. So I took a class. I took an audiobook class uh, with Dawn Harvey. You should look her up. She's amazing. She could read the phone book. She's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, awesome. And what I learned is I have the ability to do this. I was still scared. So after I took this class, it still took me about six months to a year before I actually set up a profile on ACX. ACX is the uh, sister um, uh, company to Audible. So if you, so you, Sue, you've written a book. So you as the author would go to Audible and say, okay, I need somebody to narrate it. They go to ACX. So I built this uh, profile on ACX and I just thought, well, I'm not ready to voice any books yet. I don't want to yet. I just, I just want to see what it takes to build a profile and, and put up a few commercials that I've read and some of the narration that I've done for other companies. I'm not kidding. It was like a day after I put up my profile, somebody offered me a job. I was like, uh, wow. Okay. So I read my first book, which was on uh, chakras. Oh, wow. There's a lot of words I didn't know how to say, but there's resources to find out. And I, it does very well. Oh so my, my point is, is you, if you step out of that comfort zone and you build that door, you've got to go after it. It's not always going to land in your lap. And one of my past guests, um, Michelle Cedarberg, she just launched her book, The Success Equation. I did a wonderful interview. If you haven't heard that episode yet, Michelle is on the She's podcast and you're doing the audio for her book right now. I am. I'm just currently in studio recording her book and it's fun to channel Michelle's energy. Uh, she really is a dynamic speaker and uh, it's such a good book. And, you know, I've actually taken away from that book. That's what I love is when I get a chance to read these books, holy 
man, do I get to learn <laughs> so many things. And it is such a good book. So hopefully it's to her likings and it actually gets published with my voice on there, but it's, it's really good. Yeah, that's so great. And this aspect keeps coming through with you that you're always learning. I mean, you know, I think when people look at a form of celebrity or somebody in the media, we really esteem you, you know, we, we think, oh, they've got it all together. But over the past of you um, learning, you know, from helicopter reporting, um, country music, tell us a little bit about how you've managed to step along the way when it's just when it's all up to you, and you might not really know what you're doing. Um, I think if we take the words of Oprah and we peel back the layers, um, you know, and, it, and we go back down into who we are in our core. Um, my layer in that core, uh, ever since I was little, was, was fight or flight. And I was very much responsible for, um, you know, taking care of myself. And if I wanted something, I had to go after it. It was, I wasn't given anything. And, um, you know, I could go back as far as um, auditioning. I remember doing a play uh, with the Gold Fever Follies in Rosalind, BC, and they had this summer program, you know, live theater, and you had to audition for it. Uh, I had to sing. I'm a terrible singer, but <laughs> I sang songs that I knew that I could sing well, and then you had to dance. I didn't know how to dance, but I really wanted to be a part of this because I just thought it was a great opportunity. They said no, and then I auditioned the following year, and I got in as an understudy, so I just think that um, it, it's, it's fight or flight. If you want to try something, try it. You know, when I got offered my first job, when I came to Calgary, I was a traffic reporter. I flew in a Cessna. And I said to my dad, I got offered this job to go to Calgary to be a traffic reporter. And he says, you'd be stupid to say no. I'm like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to go. I'm going to move to Calgary. I don't even know the city. <laughs> I've never been, and I'm going to be a traffic reporter. They told me I had two weeks to learn the city. After two days, unfortunately, uh, it was Commander Cody, who was the traffic reporter. He had a, a death in his family, and they said, you need to start today. So after two days of arriving wow. in Calgary, they said, here, do traffic. I asked my pilots they knew the streets, they knew what was going on. So they helped me through it. And that's, I think also where I learned that if you ask questions, there are pe people love to help. And if you acknowledge them, let them do that. And, and I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity for them to help me along the way. And anybody who has taken a chance on me to uh, be what they need me to be uh, on the radio, um, I'm, I'm very grateful. They just throw you in, it's like sink or swim. But that's kind of the business as well. That's a little bit of radio, um, you know, especially today. I mean, we've seen so many of our colleagues, you know, losing their jobs. Uh, if you're not versatile, if you can't do other people's jobs, forget about it. So I don't mind trying to learn new things. Um, I'm just trying to stay afloat. I've got a family to feed. I love what I do. And if I can keep doing it, that's great. I don't know how much longer I have in being a radio host, which is why I built a studio to do audiobooks because I can do that anywhere in the world. Such a great idea taking taking your skills online even before you know everyone pivoted to being digital. Yeah, it's been a learning curve. And I'll be honest, I don't know the ins and outs of all of it. Um, I try to learn it and there's some terminology that I don't understand sometimes. So I'll just find somebody who does know about it. <laughs> it's so you gotta be, 
Yeah, I was just thinking it's so good to hear you speaking like this because it really helps everyone to feel like, look, you don't have to have it all together. Who's thinking of creating a podcast? You know, it doesn't have to be perfect the first time out the door, but you have to do the first one to learn and, and get along to become better, right? And if anybody is considering doing a podcast and they say, I just, I have a terrible voice, you're completely wrong. You are completely wrong. It has nothing to do with your voice. It is, has to do with your personality and how you present that tone. And I, it, I feel for people who just don't like the sound of their voice. I know for me, the only reason why I know what I sound like is because I'm on the radio. And people need to believe in, it's not about the voice, it's about the personality and you being able to connect with your listeners or your viewers. And hopefully, you know, you, you can do that. That's such a good message coming through too, because I, when I started listening to my voice, I didn't like it either. And now I don't even hear the voice anymore. So yeah, I, everyone, it's so fun to do podcasts. That's in videos, that's in vlogging, you know, so many things. Well, speak a little bit about your radio talk show that you had that night show that was um, across Canada. I know you spoke with lots of celebrities and artists, but regular people too. Um, you know, what can you tell us about that we could learn from? So that was a show that I got on Country 105. It was called Christina at Night. And uh, I remember my boss, I was already doing evenings just in Calgary. And my boss says, well, what do you think about doing your show, you know, across Canada? Um, you know, I, we'll, we'll figure out a name. We didn't have a name at the time. Uh, and I said, oh, okay, what, what do you want me to do? He says, just be you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so honestly, I, I stepped into it. And one of the things that I learned when I first got into radio is how to have that parasocial relationship with your listeners. And that means, if you don't know what that means, it means to have that one-on-one -on -one connection. And when I talk on the radio, I try to be a person. And sometimes when I first started, I would put a picture up of a friend and I'd put a picture up of my dad. Now I'm gonna talk differently to those two friends because if I'm talking to a girlfriend, right? We're gonna have fun, we're gonna have some drinks, we're gonna have that kind of tone. If I'm talking to my dad, like dad, come on, right? So that really helped me understand to visualize the listeners. And so that's what I did on that show. And oftentimes when people would call in, I would actually close my eyes when I would talk to them so that instead of actually just having a conversation with them, I was listening. And that's where I, I say I learned how to master the art of conversation, because sometimes it isn't about what they're saying, it's how they're saying it. So, for example, I mean, yeah, I had the opportunity. I talked to the Dixie Chicks. That was fun. I talked mm. to Brooks Dunn. Uh, that was super fun. Gord Bamford's one of my all-time favorites that I spoke to. Um, and Paul Brandt, of course, Calgary mm. gentleman. Um, but it was the listeners that would call up. So I, I remember this one woman. She called me up and she says, hey, can I hear a song? I said, sure. What are you looking for? And she said, I don't know. My husband died today. And I was oh. like, oh, are you wow. okay? And so it turned into, I was just an ear for her. And so she explained to me how he died and, and, you know, it was just sudden. And she was just basically, she called me in shock. So the conversation was probably about 10 minutes long and, oh, I had to cut it down because I can't air a 10 minute call, but I had to convince her to let me air that call. 
And I said, because somebody else is going to hear that and they're going to feel like they're not alone. And so I edit the call and, and, you know, I played it, I played it the next night because I didn't, I had to record things and then play them the next night. So the next night I played her call and she called me back and she says, you know how you were trying to convince me to air that call and how somebody would hear it and they would just feel like they're not alone. And I don't know, I knew it was me, but at the same time I had an out of body experience listening to this woman on the radio and just felt like I wasn't alone. And that's really what I loved. I love that show so much, but it was hard. It was hard because it was extremely emotional and it was connecting with real people and, and hearing their real life celebrations. It wasn't just sadness. It was celebrating. People would call me when they were happy. I found out that I connected two people, uh, a, a daughter with her dad, long lost dad. Like it was a weird, gosh, I had so many crazy things go on in that show. Um, it took its toll just because it was so emotional. And I did that for four years. That is, I mean, that is connecting at the highest level. When, when I hear you closing your eyes and listening, it makes me think of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, when we're, you know, they always say network and nobody likes this word anymore because it's always about the salesperson telling you what they want to sell you. But what you're saying is to make a connection, listen to what, not only what people are telling you, but the energy that they're bringing to that. Is that what I'm hearing? Networking is such an interesting battlefield. When I was uh, running my own PR firm and I had to go out and I had to do the networking. Yeah, you go out with the hopes that you're going to land somebody that's going to be a new client. What I learned about networking, and I take into account uh, the skills of listening, networking isn't about finding the next gig. Network is about making a connection with that person that you may connect to somebody else. You may even connect that person to the person that is your um, uh, rival, right? Because you were not suited for it. So don't go into networking thinking that it's about landing a deal. Go into networking thinking it's about connecting because that person that you were listening to will remember that you made them feel that way. What is the saying? It's not about what you say to somebody, it's how you make them feel. And when you're networking with somebody, they're then going to contact you later at another point and say, you know what, I do have somebody that might be good for you. That's what networking is all about. I did a talk with the uh, CAPS presentation, I don't know, what is it, two, three years ago now? The Professional and Speakers Association, yes. Right. And, and I still find that they still connect with me today. People are wanting to know, you know, the, the, the valuable information that I gave them to, you know, today. And then I'm still connecting those people with other people. Wow. So it may not happen right away, but it's about trusting your instinct and making that human connection. Human connections are very difficult because we're so focused. Let's do this. Let's go here. Right. But if we understand that you as an entrepreneur, are working your butt off. And if there's one little piece of advice that I can give you to try to make it a little bit easier, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to charge you for it. Yes, you should charge for your services. I'm not saying don't do that. But sometimes it's just as simple as, you know what, Sue, if you added a media page to your website, it would be better. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like it's about that small connection. And, and sometimes it's about the human interaction when you're networking. When you ran your PR firm, I mean, there's there's the biggest connection. You're trying to make connections for other 
business owners or companies, is that one of their biggest mistakes, just trying to shove stuff down people's throat without connecting? Or did you find something else that might be a bit surprising working in PR? So if we go back, so I ended up going back to school. In 2014, I left radio and I went back to school and I got my PR certificate from uh, MRU. And the first thing that I learned, which really made me happy, was PR stands for public relations. What does that mean? Building beneficial mutual relationships. That's what it means. That's what PR is. It's not about sending a press release. It's about everything in the whole communication scope of it all. And I ended up just making those beneficial mutual relationships, right? I already worked in an industry. So when I ran my PR firm, I worked in the media. So I took my beneficial mutual relationships that I already had and I called them. So I called up, you know, um, Amber when she was working at Global, right? Because I knew her personally. And I said, hey, listen, I'm going to leave radio. I'm going to start a PR company. I'm going to write press releases. Is there any type of press release that you want? I don't want to send you what you don't want. I try to understand them. And I think that that's what made it successful. I mean, I had a 98% accuracy when I did press releases, right? It was such a great business to run. However, uh, it was a small business and it's constant hours and it wasn't filling, you know, two boys' mouths on the table. So I had to make the choice to go back to radio, but I still loved that opportunity to work in PR and it gave me some incredible skills and the magazine ah. too, but the magazine, it was the same thing. It was the wrong time. I had an amazing business partner, Sherry Bruno with Get It Together, who is, you need to have her on your podcast because she's so good. Um, it, it's about all of that and, and trying to figure out where you're going to go with your life. And so it's making decisions and hard decisions and letting some things go. That's what you, sometimes you got, sometimes when you build that door and the opportunity is knocking, it's about letting the other door go. Sometimes uh -huh. you can't. Yeah, now that that's a good message too. And I'm hearing that what you're saying, you start something new, but you can let something else go. So you're not tied to it. You're not tied to whatever you're doing currently. Yeah. And isn't it true that people don't stay in one job anyways anymore, you know? Yeah, They're it's funny. Where did I read somewhere that it said that people have like 10 different careers in their life? I well, know. Yeah, it's so true. However, I've been in radio for 30, so... <laughs> But I dabbled everywhere else. So I think that adds up to 10 somewhere. And I think that's a good example to remind people too. You know, so 30 years in radio, you probably still are in touch or could be with those people from 30 years ago. And this is a skill sometimes people drop or let go of. If you're not in my business right now, I don't even stay in touch with you anymore. But it's about bringing those relationships forward to you because you just never know, you know, who might live next door or what might be around the corner. And you have a wealth of relationships to build on. You know, there was a saying that I learned when I was uh, at my first job in trail at KBS was the name of the radio station. And somebody said to me, never burn your bridge. And I said, what does that mean? They said, you know what, if you burn that bridge, you're going to run into that person again, and they're probably not going to cross it. So it's choosing your battles as well. You know, you may not work well with one person, um, but it's also figuring out how to, right? I think that my theme would be figure it out. Everything is figure outable. It, it totally, it is, you know, even if it's where you figure out it's not working yeah. and then you move away from it. 
So over your course of industry celebrities, regular people who are calling in, if you could sum up um, your advice or opinions, looking back in hindsight, what advice would you want to share? In terms of being an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Um, Which you have been all this time, even though you're employed by the big media companies, it's still you. Yeah, I, you know what, honestly, I think be authentic, be true, and be transparent. Be exactly who you're meant to be. And sometimes it's about navigating to find out who you need to be. <laughs> I know this sounds a little complicated. You know what, we, we have so many resources available. It's about actually going after them. Um, sometimes our ego gets in the way. Sometimes we don't want to ask questions. Sometimes we don't want to break down those walls. It's, it's figuring out how you can do it. And sometimes it's about your mental capacity. Um, and, and mine has been broken many times. I'm not afraid to say that I have sat in the middle of a room with my head face down, bawling my eyes out. Um, but I always get back up. And getting back up is not easy getting back up is hard and it's about finding that person that is there for you 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 can't do it alone you can't do it alone um find out who can help you yes i totally agree in business in mental wellness hey don't ever look at social media and just think that the good times are how it is all the time Lots of times the good times come after that cry in the middle of the floor on your, in your bedroom, right? And we're seeing a lot of that now in social media, you know, people being real. Mm. Um, I, I think that to a point you can be real, but there's a point where you need to figure it out on your own. Because when you take your heaviness of the world and you put it out on social media, you've now created heaviness for those that are empathetic, those that feel your pain. So you need to understand that if you're going to put it out there and you're looking for help, choose who you ask for help. Good words, good pieces of advice. If someone needs your help, media, voiceovers, books. Um, I know you have your own website, christinarosell.com. Where else do you hang out? I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. My Unfortunately, I got Twitter before you actually coincided your one name with every single social media. So my Twitter is Radio Christina and my Instagram is Christina Rosell. But when you're typing in that Rosell, don't get that W and that S backwards. It's not Roswell, it's Rosell. <laughs> That's right. You have to get used to the spelling. I will put the spelling in the information on our podcast. And thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. I know you're busy. You have a family. You've got a life to live. And thanks for sharing your advice with all of our listeners. So until next time, thank you to Christina for being our guest today. And have a good rest of your day. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now.